jiggyjigwire.com. You can also find us online, jiggyjigwire.com. And uh, we have got a great guest joining us today here on our big broadcast to kick things off. And uh, John Jennings is with us. John, how are you, my friend? I am doing well. How are you guys? Pretty nice good, actually. Now, uh, you have got an incredible background. Tell us a little about your background. Um, I worked geospatial intelligence for a number of years um, doing research uh, in China and the U.S. on how uh, plastics were recycled. That's where I started. Okay. That's pretty awesome. That's <laughs> pretty fantastic. And, and now I'm doing, um, now I'm hunting the bodies of serial killers, four killers in particular. Fantastic. So, uh, so talk to us about your latest project here. Well, the latest project is True Crime Excess uh, Season 1. I'm doing Israel Keys, uh, a serial killer who killed himself uh, after he got caught in 2012. Um, He's, re he's responsible, they, they think he's responsible for 11 to 15 deaths, but we've got him pegged for quite a few more, and we actually think we figured out uh, where he was disposing of victims, so that's what this season is. The big reveal is uh, July 3rd, and uh, we're going to tell everybody where the bodies are buried. Fantastic. So uh, how, how, do we, how do we get more information on all this? Well, you can find us on your favorite podcast app uh, to... Check us out on Apple, iHeartRadio, we're on Spotify, uh, and it's just type in True Crime XS, and there we are. Fantastic. So, uh, take me through this process. How did all this, uh, you know, how, how, how did you get interested in all this? Well, I, um, I had some, some downtime a few years ago, and a friend of mine had asked me to look into a missing persons case up in Pennsylvania. Um, they knew that I was really good with fact-finding, and they had a case. They were law enforcement, and they had a case that had gone cold from 2005, and they, they sent it over to me, and they just said, hey, can you take a look at this? Um, and that case was a couple who went missing uh, named Danielle Imbo and Richard Patron. And not only did they go missing, but this big truck went missing. Like, this guy had, like, you know, a Dodge Ram pickup truck, and it just vanished, and it didn't hit any of the tolls or anything. And that was in South Philadelphia, and she lived across the Delaware River there in Camden, New Jersey. So when they sent me that case, um, I started looking at it, and the FBI had written it off as a hit. Uh, they thought that the woman's ex-husband was somehow involved uh, with some local police there, and that they had decided uh, that there was no way to solve it. So I started looking at it, and... Um, I had never seen a vanishing before, like a complete vanishing. Like, I, I know it happens in the wilderness. Like, I've read all about, like, National Parks cases and, and National Forest cases, but I had never seen one happen in a city like Philadelphia. So when, wow. when I saw that, I, um, I started digging into it, and I started looking for serial killers who killed couples, and I came across Israel Keys. And... I dug into it, and the first thing I noticed was that they called him a serial killer, and, and people had written books about him and, and all of these things, but they only ever found one body. And that started bothering me. So uh, a publisher 
had gotten access to all the interviews that the FBI was willing to release, and it was about 30 hours worth of interviews. Um, they had gotten access to all of their files, and it got them opened up to where you could use a Freedom of Information Act request to get them, you know, just pay for the copies. Yeah. Well, I, I went and read what the publisher's author was doing. It was a really good book, but I felt like there were some holes there. And then I started requesting the information from the FBI. And the more information came to me, it didn't line up with what the, the writer had written in some ways. So I went back and got, like, the original FBI press releases and started going through all the news articles, and it didn't line up with the FBI information. Like, the FBI's own file didn't line up with the FBI information. So then I started going through the guy's financial records. And, again, there were discrepancies there. And it would be these, these like, donut holes where it was only a few days. But this guy was a pretty accomplished killer, and a few days was a lot of time like for him to travel. He, he, he was a constant, constant driver. So he would get in his car and put you know, 3,000 miles on a, a rental vehicle and not even <laughs> blink. Wow. That's what got me started in this. I wanted to know, like, were they hiding something? And I, I don't think they were hiding anything. I think they just missed it. <laughs> That's fantastic. They just missed it. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's terrible to say, but I, the more I looked at it, you know, and the more I listened to this guy talk, and, you know, he's a serial killer. Do you trust what he's saying? Well, yeah. He, he didn't seem to be as smart as everybody had made him out to be. So when I, when I started digging through it all, I started finding more and more cases that carried signatures of being related to him having some involvement. And that's what, that's what eventually led me to making a podcast out of it. Fantastic. So, um, why why make a podcast out of this? What? Why not just write a book or or put something like that together? Well, we we did. We wrote a book. We actually like. So, our very first thought was we'll start approaching law enforcement on these cases, and they looked at us like we had lost our minds. <laughs> when we when you sit down when you sit down and you try and explain search and rescue and geospatial intelligence to law enforcement, unless you're talking to someone who has some experience in it, they don't understand it. Like, logically, it escapes them completely. So the other problem was this guy would take a victim from one place, go, and, and like, he got a reputation for, like, going state to state, but it wasn't even that. He would just take somebody from one county and then take them over to another county and do something to them and dispose of them in a third county. And just dealing with the interagency politics in each situation was going to be impossible. And I think that's why the FBI bailed on it, is they realized like he, there were so many jurisdictions involved with this, this killer that there was just no way to get to the bottom of all of it. Yeah. Well, yeah. And their resources ran thin. On, on one of the first cases, they tried to find the body. They spent over a million bucks, and they spent six weeks going through a landfill, and they came up with nothing. Wow. The only thing they found was he had their gun that they kept in their nightside table, like their nightstand. Yeah. So they knew, you know, he gave a convincing story. He matched the sketches of the person that was supposedly involved. And most of his cases, he's wiped down the cars or burnt them, like, you know, set the car on fire with a flare afterwards yeah. and people just don't connect them back to her holy smokes 
this 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 is pretty fantastic. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty deep case. So uh, have 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 you decided to to do other cases? Uh, what 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 what's what's next with all this? Well, I have three more cases lined up um, for for upcoming seasons. I, I, we haven't decided if each case is a season. There's a, a serial killer named Neil Falls that we were very interested in to see if we could find his victims. Now, Neil Falls was actually killed by his last victim in 2015. Wow. And up until that point, he was completely off the radar. But he, um, he was killing sex trade workers, and one of them realized that she was probably in some pretty serious danger and put up the fight of her life, and she killed him. Wow. So they found this list in his pocket of all these other people. And we were able, now he was 45 years old when this happened. Israel Keys was 34 and he had a load of victims behind him. So we started looking at Neil Falls. Um, So he's going to come up. He's definitely his own season, probably season three, because it's been really complicated to track him down. Then there's another killer named Scott Lee Kimball, who is actually an FBI informant out in Colorado. And he is another serial killer that has a load of bodies behind him, too, that nobody's ever talked about, really. They talk about him from what he's known to have done, and he went to prison. So he's in prison, but he's the only one that's alive that I've started to to dig into because he's in prison out there, but he was an FBI informant, so he was well-protected while he was doing a lot of his killings. Wow. (laughs) Holy smokes. So uh, how, do, how do we get more information on this, download the podcast, be involved with all this? Well, the best thing you can do, you can go to our website, which is truecrimexs.com. It's just two letters, XS. Or you can just open up Apple Podcasts. You can go on iHeartRadio or Spotify and type in True Crime XS. You can find us there and just join in. We, uh, on the end of every episode, we leave a voicemail number. And we leave our emails so that you can, you know, people can interact with us. Yes. Uh, we're on Twitter and we're on Instagram under uh, True Crime XS. Fantastic. Now, uh, w- what's been some of the feedback you've gotten on all this? Um, we've, we've gotten, we've actually, so it's interesting doing true crime. You get a very uh, specific type of audience, and that is people who are either really engaged or, you're, or people that you're not entirely sure why they're listening to you. So, <laughs> That's awesome. So the, the people that are really engaged have been positive, and they like the storytelling. We've gotten a little criticism, like linking people to missing persons cases. But, you know, it, that, that comes with the territory. I can accept that. But some of the yeah. people, I'm really confused because they'll tell me how terrible I am for saying something in episode two, and then they'll give me feedback on episode seven, and I'm like, so did you listen to all of them? Like, do you understand the story? Why <laughs> did you, you listen like to all them? of them? That's yeah. awesome. So, I mean, you know, in general, it's been mostly positive because, you know, we're stuck in a situation in the current environment where people are listening to a lot more audio stuff than usual, not just on the commute. They're, like, having to work from home and, yes. you know, Yes. So we're getting a lot of attention and a lot of downloads, which is helpful. So uh, how do you compare what you guys do to, to some of the other stuff I'm sure that you've heard or, or seen that's out there? About uh, the Keys case? Specifically? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I would say we we had we had a lot of time on our hands to. I'd say we're benefiting more from hindsight and from other people's mistakes. It's not that other people <laughs> haven't awesome. covered it well. It's that they were able to work with only what information was available at that point in time. Yes. And, you know, depending on who they were, like, if you're a publisher trying to get out a true crime book about a serial killer who's killed himself, you got a window of time there where when he first died, a book came out shortly thereafter. Yes. And that one yes. was the least researched and still a good read. And then a few years later, like when the FBI interviews got kind of dumped out, another book came out. But all of those, I don't want to say they're rush job jobs, because they're brilliant storytellers. They're good storytellers. Yeah. And then there is a, there's a podcast that's focused on Israel Keys for a couple seasons, but they focus more on Keys himself. And we were focused on who are the victims and where are they? And See that that I think is is uh, a fantastic uh, way of doing things. But I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead, my friend. Oh no, you're fine. And like you're saying exactly what I thought to myself. And and I thought that some of these people were going to do it. Honestly, particularly with the podcast, I loved the podcast that came out because it sort of fueled the fire for me. And I I thought he was going to cover most of what we're covering, but. I realized that, like, my thinking on this is kind of weird coming from, like, the different things I've done in the world. I look at it and I go, there's got to be a way to track these people down. And there's some periods of times where there's hundreds, like, right around 1999 into 2000, you know, there's a three-year period where he supposedly didn't kill anybody. But there's 1,700 missing persons in the u.s you know like, that is you 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 bring up that is one thing that uh i find really strange about some of these some of these serial killers like we have you know they they, they had a uh, a big serial killer here in the wichita kansas area btk he was like this this through the 70s and 80s oh my god btk and he they, they built him up to be this this huge deal and when they finally caught the guy, he looked like George Costanza off an episode of Seinfeld. And you know what what is what is funny about that whole thing? Uh, the way they caught him is he pretty much just like one day decided, "Hey, I'm done. I want to be caught." And what I had always heard is that he went to like a Home Depot or whatever, and he started telling people, "Hey, I'm BTK," and then somebody went, "Oh, what the fuck?" And they it, called the cops on it, him, and they were done. That was part of it, but it is so much worse than that. So he started sending letters. He went dormant for ten years. And yes. Started sending letters. Yes. Well, so he tells the cops he'll communicate with them, and the way they are communicating with him is through a personal ad in the paper. I swear to God. <laughs> oh yeah, because when they when <laughs> these these people are ridiculous, because when they when when they finally caught him, they held this big giant press conference where they were patting themselves on the back, and I'm like, you know, he kind of just put a big sign in his yard that said, "I'm BTK." <laughs> well, well, he asked them in the personal ad. He said, "If I if I send you guys a floppy disk with proof, can you trace it?" They were like, "No, no, no, we can't trace you." <laughs> I know they were all idiots. <laughs> so he sent them. A, he sent them a floppy disk, and on there, it's registered back to his church. 
they start hunting through the disc, and they find proof that this guy that's been bragging about this stuff is the guy who's been sending us these letters, and he's put proof on the sloppy disk. He gave himself <laughs> away. Oh, yeah. He just decided one day he was done, and he, he wanted to be caught, and he tried like crazy to get these people to catch him. And these buffoons that were in the law enforcement community in Wichita, Kansas, just, eh. <laughs> so, but, but you're right. These guys, they'll, they'll, they'll do their thing for a little bit, and then they'll just go dormant. Yeah, and this one, like, I have a feeling that the killer was dealing with this season with Israel Keys. He, he yeah. was decompensating for about a year. And he's one of those, you know, I reached out to all these different search and rescue people, like, that are, like, professionals and have been looking for people in the wilderness for years. And I started asking questions. And, like I said, we're going to reveal the body location on the finale. When you hear it, if you get a chance, you should hear it, because it's the craziest thing ever like it is the craziest place you could imagine and it's all over like you walk by them like you know all over the place so when we when we actually realized what he was doing we went back and re-listened to the fbi interviews and on four occasions he told them and they didn't hear it <laughs> that's so crazy it, it would be like if i was at your house and i said hey man it's in the bathroom or it's in the kitchen and you just like you just think okay it's in the bathroom it's in the kitchen you don't realize that I'm saying, like, the body's in the kitchen, the body's in the bathroom, or whatever. That's, that's how crazy it is. It's like one of those things you walk by it for years, and you just forget that it's like a thing. I know. It's the craziest deal. It is, it is the craziest, craziest deal. Uh, John Jennings with us today. He joins us live here on a broadcast. This, this is a, a fantastic fantastic podcast you need to go check this out today uh you're doing some incredible work over there my friend uh what else do you have for us uh before we let you go for today well man everybody stay safe out there i don't know what to tell you watch out for serial killers in parks that's about the only place you can go right now (laughs) well you're you're right (laughs) you guys do do y'all have a stay-at-home order yet no, we don't. We don't really have that. I I don't really go anywhere anyway, so it's not that big of a deal. So we got we got ours here, and that's what we were just talking about. We were like, we we really don't leave. I mean, the only thing we've left our house for in the last three months is to go look for bodies. And I'm not even kidding when I say that. So yeah. it's not like we were in places where anybody was gonna be bothering us anyway. Yeah. Well, uh, I appreciate you making time for us today. Thanks for coming on and chatting with us. And uh, I look forward to uh, talking to you more. Keep in touch, my friend, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it, my friend. It it was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, man. There he goes, John Jennings. And uh, we are going to take a timeout. And when we come back, uh, I think we've got another interview. We might not have an interview now. I was looking at the the old Skip Skype here, and I think our guest is not going to talk to us now. <laughs> so, I don't know. We got more on the other side. It is the big broadcast, coast to coast, to boulder to boulder. It is the Friday edition, the world famous Jiggy Jaguar Radio Broadcast.